Hey, Romain, how is it going? Very good. What about you, Adam? Oh, perfect. So um, I saw your tweet that you are not happy about MicroProfile. That's why I invite you. But what you are doing right now? You're still with Java, at least? <laughs> yeah, Java and a lot of Kubernetes. Um, so for now, I'm doing service uh, in banking uh, area. Mm -hmm. uh, but we are building a pretty big system with a lot of uh, batches and web services in SOAP, JSON, RPC, things like that. And we are all deploying to Kubernetes and relying a lot on Kubernetes. Okay. And how you like Kubernetes? It's it's not bad. I mean, if you look what we were doing before Kubernetes, like 10 years ago, it's exactly the same, actually. We, we are still building uh, health checks, metrics, uh, uh, log collecting, and things like that. Uh, Kubernetes is just bringing a standard layer on top of that. So it's, uh, it's a good thing. And the fact it is a standard de facto standard is good because you can go on any cloud now. So, so I, I like it. That's interesting because you say you no know, Kubernetes is a standard, but, but because um, if you just take Kubernetes, uh, you know which uh, which ingress controller to pick, which uh, health check to pick, which uh, a health check is standardized, but which matrix is what I wanted to say to pick. It is actually not standardized. There are if you go to you know CNCF, you get you know twenty options for every for every piece. So I would say with Kubernetes, it's even less likely that you will succeed by migrating from one cloud to another, ex unless you are take the Kubernetes with you. So, you know, if you say, okay, I'm provisioning my own Kubernetes, that's a different story. Yes and no, because, um, so yeah, that's actually the, the game to be portable in uh, between cloud providers. It's to install your own infrastructure. So you don't rely on the cloud provider for, uh, let's say, uh, uh, load balancers, uh, metrics collect and things like that. That you install your own Prometheus, for instance. Uh, you install your own uh, MinIO for the blob storage, etc. This way, you you, re you are really uh, portable. Ah, okay. So I see. So if your strategy is now to use more or less just you know EC2 or Azure machines, then and and not the you know cloud infrastructure at all, then I see because then you are you you take the cloud with you, right? Because you are not relying not you you mentioned MinIO, which would mean you're not even using a three, right? It, so, yeah, you can use MinIO uh, as a pass-through to S3 or not. It depends on the cloud. If you are on Amazon, indeed, MinIO will just be a proxy on S3. Mm -hmm. If you are on Azure, it will not. It will just fake S3 API. Okay, so th this is a completely different strategy what I'm doing, but but that's interesting. So, But um, at least, you know, the direction is clear. So, so okay, portability is king, so this is the the uh, the thing to, to, to do. But then you will need to create your own... Kubernetes distribution almost. You could say, okay, if I'm doing Kubernetes, I'm using MinIO, I use Prometheus, I use, you know, which ingress controller are you using? Uh, Nginx engineer. Yeah, Nginx, and this is, you know, my set of Kubernetes ecosystem, which runs everywhere. So this is your decision. But if a different project will decide differently, there is no portability at all, right? So you are more or less a unique Kubernetes flake. Snowflake, not flake, <laughs> snowflake. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so actually, when I say Kubernetes is portable, it's really about the fact you push a state through an API, mm -hmm. and then you install what you want. So if you want to, so Kubernetes is portable by itself. What is not portable is a Kubernetes instance in a cloud provider. Exactly, but it's something specific. But Kubernetes yeah. itself stays portable because uh, you just have an API, and the API is standard. Exactly. 
But uh, this is exactly what I have the issues in the cloud provider because if you go to AWS, AWS has, uh, you know, IM, this uh, identity management, and Azure has the AD, and Kubernetes has an own user, you know, uh, uh, management. The same is true for uh, networking. So if I set up, you know, Kubernetes on AWS, I have to care about VPC, subnets, uh, security groups. I have to do the same on Azure, but, you know, the tooling is completely different and the and the uh, resources are completely different to provision. And, and even the regions are completely different. For instance, uh, uh, in Asia, you know, Frankfurt is almost not existing and, and you can perfectly use Frankfurt on AWS. So um, I would say this is the issue, you know, the layer between the cloud provider. This is where I spend lots of my time, you know, to, to, for the infrastructure of the cloud. And uh, if you have Kubernetes, you have more or less two clouds because you have, you know, the, the, the public cloud and Kubernetes, which is also supposed to be a cloud. So I like Kubernetes on-premise. I use I never use uh, Kubernetes on, in, in public clouds. But on-premise, OpenShift and Rancher, whatever, I just like it. But I don't try, you know, to create my own OpenShift, OpenShift sorry, my own Kubernetes distro. I try to pick existing one. Actually, I so I use um, Kubernetes Key0S. Uh, okay. It's on uh, on-premise. Mm -hmm. uh, in the cloud uh, on Amazon, it's um, EKS. On Azure, it's uh, A. AKS. So, so you're using actually the EKS distro and AKS yeah. distro. Yeah. Oh, okay. And you're and using the Fargate on AWS or using the ECS? Uh, sorry, the uh, use the Fargate version, so the serverless version of Kubernetes or the full no. one? No, no, the full no not the serverless one. But, uh, but it stays portable because we are abstracting what is not portable actually. Okay. Okay, but um, this is interesting take. So I didn't knew that you're doing Kubernetes. So this is what I was interested in. So know how how it how it plays out. Um, what I tend to do is, is just a just a side note. What I'm not interested in is the portability. What I would like to have is just a no a container orchestrator. So some something which you know starts and stops containers, which is good enough for projects if you're not building you know products. So um, in my case, I use uh, for instance uh, ECS Fargate on uh, on on AWS and um, um, on, on Azure, there are, there are different solutions. This is the ACI, is the simplest one, Azure Container Instances, or um, Azure App Service, or Azure Container Apps, I think. And this is like, you know, there's still communities behind the scenes, but I don't have to care about this. And, and the provisioning is that simple. So I just say, you know, a, a short JSON file, this is my Docker image, and, and here we go. So this is this is my way, because uh, if I have to, to port my application from from AWS to Asia, that's just a matter of, you know, fiddling with the JSON, which is short. And it's very similar in both in both cases. This is my portability story, completely different. It's actually oppos opposite of yours, which is interesting. That's because you're just, uh, just an application, right? Yeah, just, I mean, I'm, I'm not building products in projects and applications means in projects we have sometimes, you know, 20 microservices. This is more or less okay. a huge system. But uh, I mean, huge, not as huge as we did, you know, ten years before. Maybe a team of 10, 15 developers is is building this, um, over I would say three years or something like this, and this is what uh, what works well, and um, yeah, and uh, uh, absolute side note, and what I do more and more, I'm not even the recent two years, I'm not even shipping containers anymore. I'm building microprofile apps which run as an AWS Lambda or Azure function. This is uh, also surprising how well it actually is working. But um, now I, I mentioned microprofile several times. So uh, for unknown reasons, you wrote a tweet to me. I don't know whether to me that you don't like microprofile anymore or you, you are not using microprofile anymore. 
And uh, so why that? So because I didn't want to respond with a tweet because you know you cannot discuss on Twitter really such things. Okay, I will invite you. Let's have a chat. Why you don't like micro profile? So let's go back and on why I liked uh, Java E at the time. So Jakarta E now. Mm -hmm. um, so Jakarta E or Java E is an abstraction for multiple vendors uh, on a common API. And this is the, the key value of uh, this kind of spec. You mm -hmm. can get portability between vendors, switch between li libraries without rewriting the application, uh, but you can still get some vendor features uh, under the hood. Uh, that's really good, uh, but you never get all the power of a library without abstraction mm -hmm. because it's an abstraction by yeah. design. Like Kubernetes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so the value of this kind of abstraction is the stability. It means you mm -hmm. don't have to rewrite your application every year. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. But MicroProfile has in its contract the fact it can break every year. Mm -hmm. So they don't do it for all specs, but they do it mm -hmm. for at least one spec of the profile. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's an issue because they are really breaking for no added value for end user. If you look the metrics API, for example, they broke it. They didn't add any feature for end user. It's still exactly the same, but you can't compile anymore. You, you have to change your code, and that's a, a big issue for me. The other thing is the API is not compliant to the way we are writing applications today. If you look at the uh, elf spec, for example, uh, the design is, so yeah, this one is really interesting because what you need to implement a L point for Kubernetes, for example, and that's their target, is just a plain servlet doing some check on your resources or uh, remote dependencies, something like that. So you just do a servlet. And what they did uh, is an abstraction. So you get a registry of checks and they abstracted the servlet so you don't write it anymore and they just call everything in the registry in a synchronous manner. So if you have some remote dependencies to check, some database to check, etc., you need to execute all checks sec sequentially. Mm -hmm. Whereas actually, if you do it yourself, you just need to call uh, an async API and you can do all the checks concurrently, but not blocking anything. So in terms of resources and response time, it's way better to just uh, do your own endpoint. But but, but the health, this is what I don't understand because for me it works good enough. So if you if you look, look at the health check, this is liveness and readiness. So we have two annotations in micro profile, and Kubernetes also needs both actually because uh, the I uh, know the life check is to restart the container if it doesn't work, and the and the uh, readiness is um, for the load balancer more or less. But you can absolutely do it in asynchronous way because you can say liveness and behind the scenes you can you know use executor service, perform all the checks concurrently and then come back. So there's no difference to servlet if you like. If you like. You can build it synchronously or asynchronously. So this is now up to you, right? You can so have a completable future which calls, you can even send, send our asynchronous CDI event, no wait until everything comes back and return, for instance. Sure. So it means you replace your 10 health checks by a single one. You yeah. do it in a custom manner. Yeah. So you are not using health spec. Uh, I'm using health health check as a facet to my own stuff, right? I didn't have the problem from what, what you mentioned right now, but the solution could be 
you know, to extend this spec to have asynchronous health checks. Yeah, sure. It's just an example that the spec is not matching the world we are right now. Yeah, but this, I mean, you know, if you would just suggest it, I'm pretty sure it is going to be accepted. Because health is tiny and no, they are not like it. I don't think so, because I'm pretty sure we discuss it. And, uh, well, Red Hat is just doing what they want. That's also why they don't want to uh, micro-profile to join uh, Jakarta AI. That's because they don't control everything in Jakarta. Mm-hmm. And it's the same for metrics, actually. If you look metrics, it's the same architecture. Metrics is interesting, because I, I already had a discussion with Erin um, Schnabel, and she doesn't like you know the, the metrics. Uh, uh, she said uh, the, um, how, how it's pronounced... Uh, Micro, micrometer, I think, hopefully yeah. pronounced correctly. She likes micrometer. I don't like micrometer at all. What I really liked, actually, so step back. Uh, Erin Schnabel was absolutely right. So there were some bugs and something didn't behave as, as she expected. But I'm expecting actually less than you, actually, or, or she was expecting. So what I would like to, to have is usually counters. This is what I need. You have usually no business process. And what I would like to have is multiple registries of counters, so I can see. You know, I, I would like to to map the counters to my business components. So I see, you know, that many orders were active and not active. And you have to build this with micrometer by by yourself. And the the old micro micro profile um, um, metric spec did it out of the box, which was really convenient to me. What I'm less interested in in the cloud is, I would say, even pointless. Is like timed. Because uh, what usually happens, I have you know my HTTP API gateway load balancers, and they are providing good enough metrics out of the box. So if you are using the, the CloudWatch, provides this for you, this this service, and I can have you know metrics and alerts and insights. So this is less of a thing. But even in a Lambda case, which is serverless, and it um, as you could probably know, Lambda is not starting and stopping all the time, but sometimes it remains hot. It is hot for several calls. It is even then convenient to have metrics, to have additional insight uh, to say, okay, how fast were the last calls, for instance. So um, this is what uh, what I can tell you. So uh, it is it is maybe if you use all the features, it is even maybe broken. But because I use a subset, which is gauges and counters, I never had an issue. Well, there is still an issue. So maybe you don't eat it because uh, you are pretty rich. <laughs> but... Uh... The fact it, so the design is a registry and non-point exposing the whole registry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's an issue because if you have some normalized metrics mm-hmm. uh, and your company is expecting some metrics, you have to remap the endpoint or re-implement it. It's way more work than just implementing once again a servlet exposing the metrics. Uh, so the but, fact but, is, but, but why that? Because um, if I inject um, what I'm doing at inject I think metric registry. Then yeah. I do the thing, you know, with uh, in- counter. If the counter is not existing, it creates counter on the fly, and then I say increment. This is all. This one liner. Yeah. If I would uh, write a servlet first on Quarkus, I would have to include complete new extension to make it work. And um, and 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 servlet is actually far more work than this. Not really. So if you look, okay, let's step back and look any application which is not Java. Uh, uh-huh. So look Node, Go, or whatever, and look their uh, Kubernetes version. Each time, what they do, they just register an endpoint uh-huh. for health, for metrics, uh, and other stuff. And so for us, in Java ecosystem, if we have a servlet container, it's a servlet. If we have a Jack service, it's an endpoint. That's nothing uh-huh. more. 
-hmm. And then you just return what you what you need. It's not a lot of work. And the big advantage there is you control the, the front end, the rendering. Whereas if you use the spec, mm -hmm. if you don't work around the spec, you rely on the front end of the spec, which is way more verbose than what you need. And for metrics, it's a huge impact because it means instead of having 20 metrics, you'll get uh, 100 or something like that. And in terms of storage, it means five times more. So it means you will, regarding the retention, you get five times less uh, duration. You see what I mean? Yeah. So, but uh, but uh, what you are saying is this what I also don't like. What I would like to have is, I think it's called scopes or registry, you know what I mean? So uh, yeah. for me, um, this is what I really would like to have is like, you know, my um, multiple subsets or namespaces inside the registry. And this is a specific name for it. What I don't like at all, we have now vendor and application and the third one I forgot. So there are there are base. three... Uh, base. Base, vendor. I never use base. I never use vendor. And yeah. what I would like to have is within the application uh, space, namespace, multiple subsystems. This would be great for me because I'm only interested in my orders and I will just see the the orders uh orders metrics and and i actually had a chat with the metrics pack maybe you were also there i don't know but yeah, but yeah. we were both right we both suggested the same and 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 the answer was no because we would like to have one endpoint without any scopes and therefore we are using micrometer and i yeah. look at the micrometer it's like this is just stupid because i will have to use you know i have to build it from by myself so th yeah. then you're right then i would rather build a servlet before i would use you no know, micrometer to compute my counters to have the namespaces Then I use then I will complete it with you. So I have a servlet with a static concurrent hash map that I'm done, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's actually something we did to enable multiple registry in uh, the Geronimo implementation. Very good. Uh, but yeah, the spec rejected it. And the micrometer issue is bigger than just uh, the metrics issue. It's the same in um, open pressing spec. Uh, they are using external library in the API. Uh, yeah. So the tracer API for yeah. open tracing, micrometer, and it's and not stable. Roma, by, by the way, how your first name is pronounced perfectly? Say it. Roma. 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 Yeah. I'm complete with you the metrics. So what I don't understand, if they say, you know, micrometer is the future, why we need spec at all? Because if there is yeah. just one micrometer, I mean, what's the point, right? So what is the added value? And if I use the micrometer and write everything by myself, I will use the servlet because I don't like micrometer because my 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 metrics are very simple. So I'm completely with you. So um, I would say the added value of, of, of microprofile in my eyes would be a simplification, providing a subset of micrometer with or without micrometer completely hidden and just having counter would be a good start. And in the cloud, I would say there's less necessity right now to have, you know, the time measuring on the endpoints because I assume you are also doing this on Kubernetes level and Nginx and, you know, and Prometheus. So there is no need to do it this again in uh, inside uh, inside a container. So I'm, as a metrics, I'm with you. So I don't understand the direction they are going, but I still use... I still use, you know, the microprofile metrics. So in if you are in Quarkus, you can use, you know, the, the uh, small RI metrics or the micrometer. I never use the micrometer because um, you are right. So if I don't even see the point because I had a chat and they said, okay, um, in the cloud, maybe they would like to use Datadog. Not everything is Prometheus. And I was like, yeah, yeah but if, if we leave, you know, the Prometheus open telemetry path, 
then I could use no uh, CloudWatch metrics out of the box without any. I mean, what's the point then? Because there is only one standard, and this is the Prometheus Open Metrics Open Telemetry standard. That there is nothing else, right? So this is my opinion. So I'm with you actually with it, but um, it's not like it doesn't render the entire micro micro profile worthless for me. I'm just not using all the features for metrics, right? Yeah, actually, that's an interesting point, the micrometer one, because if you look at the ecosystem of microprofile today, mm -hmm. it's just smallery. Mm -hmm. So basically, at Geronimo, uh, we gave up to implement everything. So uh, I guess the only implementation will be smallery. So microprofile is no more respect. It's an implementation mm -hmm. done by Red Hat and period. So it's just a product like anything. It's an Eclipse Eclipse. Uh, library and Payara guys have own implementation of microprofile. Payara people have also own uh, microprofile implementation. I'm not sure they are not reusing part of Smallry. I asked them several times, so there are parts are using Smallry, but there are lots of implemented by themselves. So there's from scratch implementation of microprofile. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, I know Tommy is moving to Smallry as well because uh, well, well at Apache we gave up. So. Okay, maybe Payara has uh, its own implementation, but it's no more really a spec like it was before. So I guess we can just stop doing spec and just doing a library. And that's what Red Hat guys are liking, actually. And that's why they want to stay at MicroProfile and not move to, to Jakarta. So, yeah, that's really a, a governance issue for me, more than technical okay. issue. So then maybe I give you my points why I like MicroProfile. So... um. How long are you developing Java? Ten plus years. Yeah. So in ten plus years means you know, as a, if we start a project, we already know what to expect. You know, at the beginning of Java, as I started, you know, every project was evaluation. So this was just for me extremely boring. You know, period. Which logging framework to choose? Which configuration to choose or whatever? With something like Jakarta or MicroProfile, you can cut off the entire discussion at the beginning. So. Not necessarily you just you know agree to something. And um, Jakarta is fine for me. Microprofile is also uh, fine for me. And um, what I need is a runtime. So we are not implementing runtimes by ourselves. I'm using uh, mostly uh, Quarkus in all my projects. So, And now the problem with Quarkus is Quarkus is very popular and Quarkus ships with, I don't know, a few hundred extensions. So if you are in a project, so you can imagine what happens, every developer picks own favorite extension. What people don't understand is that such an extension is written, you know, on holiday by one developer and maybe it completely dies. So it means, you know, it is, it is, I have now the same problem I had, you know, 15, 20 years ago with Quarkus because it's, hey, there's everything is the extension. We can do everything we like. It's like, yes, but, you know, uh, first security, you know, what, what happens with patching and so forth. And the cool story is with Smorai, we say, okay, we add, if you would like to have an extension, look at Smorai first, because the chances are high. This is going to be a micro profile. And micro profile is not only used by Quarkus, it's also used you know, by Halidon, Tommy, hopefully. Uh, by the way, Tommy had its own, own uh, micro profile implementation, right? The Apache one. They are moving to Smorai. Okay, but they had uh, at least. Uh, we had at Geronimo, but uh, that's what I said. We, we gave up. Okay. And um, and uh, are you still involved with Tommy, Roma? Uh, a bit, <laughs> very less than before, but a bit. Uh, still a lot in Geronimo, and since Geronimo and Tommy are okay. go working, okay. I still work. So for me, it is like uh, Microprof or Jakarta EE. For me, it was like you know the how to call it a uh, self-constraining. 
Yeah. We know, like, no, this is good enough. Stop talking now. Go ahead and build the app. And this was great. So there was no, not a lot moving parts. So, so for me, it's even, you know, MicroProfile in Jakarta is the same for me. So I pick, you know, I know I need CDI everywhere. This is very stable. JaxOS everywhere, very, very stable. In cloud change a bit, we use less JPA. Not because JPA is wrong, but it's too expensive with the relational database, whatever. So uh, not always. It's just economics. Yeah. So um, so we use less JPA, I have to admit. Outside cloud was always JPA. All projects. It, it, NoSQL didn't make any sense on premise in most projects. On cloud, it makes because it, it's cheaper, you, you know it. Uh, yeah. And and yeah, and not even cheaper. You don't have to to provision the infrastructure. You don't have to care about backups. And this is this is actually the the main point. And uh, so JaxOS, CDI, uh, config, huge part. Microprofile config. It works everywhere. So it's also very very stable. Um, I never use the Jakarta config. So I always use the Microprofile. You know the config property. Then sometimes metrics, uh, as, as I said, counters, health checks always. And I have to tell. I misuse health checks as well to have a human endpoint which provides some basic information about the system. You know, so if I ping yeah. it, I see some information. So this is not, you know, the fine way. And uh, I do even hacks with AWS Lambdas where we expose health checks which are pulled by load balancer. So the Lambda remains hot. So there know some dirty tricks, but it's, but it's working. And what else? Servlet? Actually, never. So I never use servlets uh, in, in recent years because we have JaxRS. And for servlets, I will have to add the undertow extension in Quarkus, and we try you know, to keep uh, as um, performance not the issue. It's more you know the attack surface and 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 updates. So we are not trying you know to put too many dependencies or no dependency would be the best. And what I appreciate the most in Jakarta e days, we only had one dependency. This was the API. This was actually for me a huge part because you know in every project at the API now we are talking. And uh, maybe it's less so in your project. I'm a consultant. I saw, you know, many concurrent projects at the same time. So uh, for me, it was very easy to set everything up, you know. This is Java 17. This is the dependency we go. If you remain longer in a project, it is less issue because you do the setup once and then you're just working with it, right? So what, you know, I don't know what's in, in your project. I had, you know, also to, 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 to argue with many external companies in a single project and everyone had, you know, different idea what to do. And, and this was... Uh, Jakarta and MicroProfile was a uh, big escape for me just to say, you know, this is the standard, do this first. If this doesn't work, then we are talking. And usually it was good enough to survive a project. So this is why I like it. Not necessary because MicroProfile or Jakarta were the best. They were good enough and we could cut all the meetings, right? So this is like using boring technology. Yeah, actually, I agree. And that's where the stability of Java E was good. Because yeah. if you don't get this stability, you can't say that, actually. Yeah, yeah. But uh, today, what what we did at Upic is to create uh, what we call a U-ship. So it's just, a, let's say, a default stack. Mm -hmm. uh, the goal was to have something lighter than uh, the mini minimal profile of Java E. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's basically a CDI with an embedded uh, servlet container and just a thin layer to do a JSON RPC because okay. GraphQL is just uh, nothing. <laughs> um, and that's it. So we have, uh, we still use uh, Java E or Jakarta E, mm -hmm. uh, but we dropped most of the high-level stack, let's say. Mm -hmm. And that's where uh, just doing servlet to replace uh, microprofile is pretty good because you fully control everything. You fully control something stupid in metrics uh, spec is the naming. You don't control it for most of the metrics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whereas in most company, you have some blueprint to say if it is a pool, you need to name it this way. Mm -hmm. 
So just using just a plain servlet, you control everything. You do what you want, and it works everywhere. And it's pretty light in in terms of uh, uh, final binary. I mean, we do an application in 10 meg, whereas if you do the same with uh, Java E or uh, or Spring, it's uh, 80 megs. And it's also easier to go native this way because mm -hmm. you have a small set of dependencies, so you just run it through GraalVM or Arthur Maven plugin and that's it. Whereas if you have a bigger stack, you add dependencies, you need to handle all dependencies mapping, mm -hmm. and it's a lot of work. One question now, but why I didn't pick, for instance, Quarkus? Because Quarkus does a lot of tree shaking up front, you know, they optimize the, the reflection. So why it is worth to create your own platform instead of using Quarkus, for instance? Because, so Quarkus first is um, a single company project, or mm -hmm. whatever they say. Uh, it's uh, it's over complex if you look the build um, all the build step and yeah uh, it is yeah it's it's really over complex. Look at Arthur code; it does the same thing. The abstraction is way simpler and it's as efficient. So yeah, Quarkus is really a Red Hat project. Over complex, it does the stuff, but it's designed to 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 sell support basically. So it works. But uh, it's not something for you to, to own at the end. You, you see what I mean? You can't yeah. own the code and but, delete but the code. You're right. So it, I wouldn't use Quarkus to extend it. I use you know, Quarkus as a runtime platform as is. This is, this is where yeah. MicroProfile is where you. So my strategy, exit strategy, is if there is something wrong with Red Hat or Quarkus, I will immediately move to Helidon. Okay. So my project will work on Helidon. This is what we know. So this is uh, all Micronode, you know? Uh, Micronode, Quarkus, Helidon, this is, and I start with Quarkus, it's more, more popular, everyone knows Quarkus, everyone would like to do Quarkus in projects. So um, I say, okay, we're not using any Quarkus proprietary extensions. So if Red Hat loses, you know, interest in Quarkus, we will move to Micronode, Helidon, or I don't know, Piranha Cloud or whatever we get yeah. then, right? So um, uh, it, this, is, this is actually the added value of MicroProfile, regardless whether it's stable or not stable, because a small migration Two days is not a problem, even if they will change, you know, some annotations in metrics. I don't care, but uh, I don't expect any changes in the CDI. If they will change a CDI, for instance, this is a huge amount of work. Or JaxRS, you know, if they change, if JaxRS becomes unstable, then we have a problem. Metrics, okay. I mean, nice to have in the cloud anyway. Health checks, I'm happy with the health checks because uh, we don't have such crazy, you know, multi-level health checks. I have more smaller projects. What is the project you mentioned? Is it open source what you are using? You ship? Uh, what are you building now with the servlets and CDI, you know, your, the entire platform? Uh, uh, so the application project is not open source, but the stack is on the UPIC uh, GitHub. UPIC? Yeah, I can send you the link. Uh, yes, send me the link because I'm really interested. So I would like, I would like to look at this and uh, you can use the chat. I will put it to uh, sh uh, show notes. Then this is Java alternative solution, which works similar to Quarkus, you say, but it's easier to build extensions. Yeah, so the main difference is we didn't put everything in the project. So you have the stack in the project. If uh -huh. you want to go native, you can use Geronimo uh, Arthur plugin. Mm -hmm. uh, and to integrate with Kubernetes, you just do servlets, basically. Okay, that's, that's interesting. Okay, so you're not... Okay, so this makes sense. Good that we talk about that, because if, you know, the servlets are part of your platform anyway, then it makes... Uh, then it makes uh, sense. Oh, you pick. I ne yeah. never saw this. It is you pick. This yeah. is uh, Y U P I I K microship. 
are really interesting. You see, I learned something new. So I will look at this. Uh, it looks interesting. And it's always good to, to see all alternatives. So what you did, you added your own layer around UPIC to have um, micro-profile light, something like this, CDI servlets and... Yeah, basically, that CDI servlet. And then we promote uh, JSON RPC mm -hmm. uh, as a replacement for uh, GraphQL, basically. And why would you like to replace GraphQL? So GraphQL is, uh, is good because it brings uh, bulk, it brings... Uh, Uh, client orchestration mm -hmm. uh, but it's pretty bad because you just have a single implementation because it's complex it's a grammar uh, custom grammar uh, the and server. resolvers resolvers are also painful you have to implement them yeah yeah and the server implementation is quite complex because you have to comply with a single library supporting it mm -hmm. and often you will end up with a n plus one issue something like that um, with, with a JSON RPC It's the same kind of architecture, so you get uh, commands, which uh, mm -hmm. is an RPC request. You can bulk them through an array. But if you need to do uh, an execution plan or a partition plan uh, analysis, you can because it's just JSON. So you do a kind of uh, interceptor or filter, whatever you want. And you can replace the whole execution by a single command. So, so for example, if you get a bulk of 10 find by ID, mm -hmm. you can replace the at the execution, the 10 find-by-IDs by a single find-by-IDs. <laughs> yeah. So this way, it will be efficient and faster. And uh, you did it under the hood. So the client still sending bad requests with, with quotes, <laughs> mm -hmm. but the execution on server side is pretty good. So it's very flexible. And since it is JSON, it's pretty easy to work with. So it's a good compromise compared to GraphQL. What's funny... I wrote a blog post. I give it to the show notes and I give you this in the chat right now. And uh, so uh, what it is, I said, okay, sometimes rest is not worth. This was uh, three years ago. And um, the name of the blog post is making the intention explicit with Jack's RPC over Jack's rest. And I say, okay, if you don't need, you know, the all restful stuff, just call the stuff RPC, remote procedure call, and just, you know, do whatever necessary and call it. So, the, so everyone knows then Uh, I don't even, you know, try to be restful. I would like just to call the method. And why I wrote the post? Because in lots of projects, they say, okay, this is a REST layer. And then you look at the REST layer and, and you know, all the paths have identical name to the method names. You know, even the camel case is there. So, okay, what's the point there? And um, so this is just, you know, um, uh, to, the, to the listeners, I will put it to, 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 to the show notes. So there is a... Um, Uh, application path RPC. There are workshops, and there is new workshop, delete workshop, get recent workshop. So I don't even attempt to name the uh, the path differently. There's always one to one uh, mapping to a to a method. And um, what I didn't knew about that, maybe there's a newer. This JSON RPC seems to be like a standard. This is JSONRPC.org, right? This is what I'm using. Yeah, yeah, it's a standard. It's what's behind the scene on uh, VS Code for the completion. Hey, cool. So this is actually, hey, I, we, I have to invite you, you know, uh, more frequently. So I also learn, you know, new new stuff. So the, my stuff was uh, my invention, but um, I have to write now a post about Jack's RPC. Uh, sorry, Jason RPC. Jason RPC. Uh -huh. This is what I like because it's at least, you know, explicit. So look, Jason RPC, everyone knows is like RMI without remote method invocation, uh, yeah. without binary part, just via RPC. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the good thing is, So assume you wrote all your business using a JSON RPC endpoint. So think commands. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. You are using HTTP, that's fine. And at some point, you need to scale more or whatever. Mm -hmm. You just rewrite the transport. And then you can go on Kafka or GMS or whatever you want. It's the same code. You don't rewrite it. We even have in, uh, in Uship project a, a command line integration. So you still write commands. So in terms of business, you write atomic commands and then you can orchestrate them because of the nature of JSON RPC. So that's really more flexible and powerful than uh, anything else we have. And try to do GraphQL on the command line or on Kafka. That's a pain with the libraries we have uh, right now. I would say uh, GraphQL is pointless if you are not larger project because what GraphQL brings is like the standard layer for the UI people. But you need a dedicated team almost which cares you know, the, about the resolution of the queries to, to mapping the queries to the business logic. So because the intermediary layer, there is a uh, lot of stuff to do. So yeah, the, what is good with GraphQL is really the fact the client can customize the request mm -hmm. and you are not supposed to modify much the, the backend, mm -hmm. which is never true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's, um, And the fact it is not... Uh, the blocker for me is really the fact it is not customizable because it has it has a lot of value to be able to customize the, the fields you select, uh, the, the relationships and things like that. But it's really not customizable at all as of today because mm -hmm. you have a single implementation because the direction they took with a custom grammar is pretty complex. So for me, it can't be an option for a real project. It's probably fine for... Um, not just guys, because the ecosystem is pretty good, but in Java, it, it's not that good. So for me, it's not an option. But the intention is good. Uh, you, you can look, they, um, I think that's Facebook, uh, who did uh, Falcon. Uh, mm -hmm. It's the same spirit. You, the client needs to customize the response, actually. Mm -hmm. So they need to add ints to the request to say to the server, I don't want everything, I just want that with this information. We need that today, even in server-to-server uh, -server communications. So we need a solution. And there is no real standard of simple solution. The best I found was JSON RPC, and I really, I really like to work with it because it's flexible. It's JSON. Anybody can work with JSON, so you can do whatever you need for your business. So that's really uh, powerful. You know what I, what I started with was XML RPC. Yeah, it's... <laughs> the same spirit. And then uh, this was actually the funny story. Is, uh, do you know actually why SOAP became popular? You, you don't know what they remember, no? No, so I we used... it was already there. <laughs> okay, so XML RPC started and then SOAP uh, came after after this. So and XML RPC was actually very lean. So it was servlet, you can register, you know, the endpoint and you call the methods. This was basically, it was great. And... Um, the only reason why SOAP and XML RPC became popular, so XML RPC was the backend of blocks, block engines. And okay. back then there was a trackback. So if you if you wrote someone a comment, there was a trackback command, and this was implemented with XML RPC, so everyone had XML RPC. But why XML and, uh, and SOAP was so popular, before this we had binary protocols like RMI or Corva. Yeah. They worked great except firewalls. The problem mm -hmm. is we had to open, or not we, a different department had always opened ports in the firewall, and this was painful. So SOAP or XML RPC was a was an legal hack, you know, to call whatever we wanted via the power uh, the firewall because we knew port eight is open. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. So I was a huge fan of soap at the beginning because at least I know I don't have to wait six weeks until I can call the methods. I can just you know use soap and call whatever I like. And the first soap was actually fine. And then it started to be crazy. They have to, they edit whatever ESPs whatever. This is no they 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 lost the origin goal. But this is actually the story which reminds me. And this JSON RPC there are a couple of implementations. This is Java spec. Is it a multi-language Java? Who who is actually behind this JSON RPC? You know it. Uh, I I think Microsoft was not far. They, they are pushing it uh, a lot. Okay. I'm not sure they are behind it. Yeah, Microsoft also pushed SOAP. Interestingly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were uh, re really behind that. Uh, I think the difference is really JSON. So it, it looks stupid to say the, the the format is important, but it is because implementing a JSON parser or writer is. Anyone can do it almost. Yeah. Whereas XML is uh, is really an issue in some language. But this is uh, the JSONRPC.org. Yeah. There's lots of uh, Chinese uh, uh, characters here. Looks like. Really. This is yeah. No, it's English. Google Groups. Yeah, it is English. But if you click more on it, so there will, you will JSONRPC.org, right? Yeah. If you, Yeah, this pack is older. This JSON RPC working group. I'm just interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, but yeah, interesting. There is you know. a GitHub if you if you want to, where there are some discussions, but uh, but yeah, the spec is pretty stable. Let's say. No, it's interesting. So um, I like it because it's a kind of emerging standard. So before you know, I create my own RPC. I would just pick this. But I think it's 10 years old, something like that. Yeah, yeah the spec too is. Uh, But I never heard about that. The spec 2 is 2013, so it's nine years old. The uh, and the first and the origin date is 2009, so it's even older than this. Yeah. Interestingly, hey, cool. So you are doing actually interesting stuff. So what you did is and the um, you pick. I think your platform is already support JSON RPC out of the box, or you had to in integrate yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, it's supported. You can run it in uh, in standalone, or it's integrated with uh, CDI. Okay, cool. And how you found this? You pick. Uh, so that's my current company, basically. Ah, okay. So this UPIC is actually uh, is a, is a pro project of your current company. Yeah, yeah. We have some um, open source project on our GitHub. And this so is cool. So, the... so you are actually the committer of UPIC. Yeah. Hey, they have to to say it. So okay, this is interesting. But if you are committer, it's even more interesting because uh, I know you from you know the Tommy time and and before. So you did a lot of interesting projects. Uh, okay, is it on GitHub? Yeah. Yeah. Normally, you have a link on the doc uh, website. So the thing is, uh, the company is doing uh, some products, uh, some gateway or two server, uh, things like that. But we are also doing a lot of uh, service. And for the service, we need to have a default stack. Exactly the, the story you, you, mm -hmm. you told about the micro-profile for you. Uh, so we decided to build our own stack. Uh, so you ship for the application, bundle B for the deployment of... Um, Uh, Kubernetes recipes, uh, things like that. So um, we are building our stack to ensure we control it and uh, we have something relevant for our customers. Because if we just take a default stack like Java E or, uh, or Quarkus, mm -hmm. we are outside. Uh, it's often off the delivery we, we need to do. And actually, when we look what we deliver compared to using Spring Boot or, um, or Jakarta, we are way lighter in general. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing for a CV. <laughs> okay, but UPIC is a service company. It's interesting because um, I would suspect that you're building a product and then you need the optimization. But um, we do. 
the well the product website is not yet up and it will be another website okay this makes absolute sense otherwise i will call you crazy so if you are building you know multiple <laughs> projects and you're creating your own stack and uh, then I say, okay, something wrong. Uh, maybe you are a hobbyist, you know, but th th there is no relation between, you know, the business value and, 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 and what you're doing. But I took a look at the commits. It is a really small, so you have uh, 200 commits. You are the leader, Roma. And um, what we should do, I should invite you back next year and just talk about UPIC, how it's built yeah. from ground up. This would be really interesting talk because... Uh, yeah, you build an entire new platform, which is no CDI related, and um, it is it seems to work, and this is complete different discussion, you know, as before, because yeah, uh, yeah this is uh, this makes sense because I wanted to talk with you, like, so what happens with you, you know, become a crazy or whatever on Twitter, so, so <laughs> but this makes absolute sense. Um, <clears throat> okay, um, I think I'm already so curious. I would like to open uh, the UPIC and see how it uh, and you ship. This is what I look at. And is U ship built on something different, or is it uh, self-contained? This U ship, or, or are I using different platforms within U ship? Uh, it's really just uh, Open Web Beans, Tomcat, and uh, some custom layer on top of it. Okay, I see. I see. So Apache Tomcat is Jason B. Okay, cool. This is why. Oh, uh, Jason B. Uh, is U ship supporting Java records? Jason B. Decialization. Yeah, we are using uh, Jensen for that. Hey, cool. Really interesting. Um, anything else to add? I would say this was a really interesting discussion with you. Yeah, I guess that's already already good. <laughs> yeah, it was perfect. So uh, I would invite you next next year because this year is almost over, just to talk about your ship. A really okay. interesting thing. But I would like to to play with it, start it at least, you know, and then uh, even see you have JSON Web Token support, Open Metrics. This is actually you can become an alternative micro profile subset. Stack right, it it could, uh, but to be honest, I really like the node and go spirit to just let's say you need an endpoint, you bind an endpoint, you don't think about an abstraction first. No, but they are using already the micro profile APIs. No, I mean CDI, JSON B, um, well, yeah, JSON Web Token, Open Metrics. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is what I mean. The how to call it APIs, yeah, APIs, right? So, I mean, this is a JSON B's part, JSON RPC is new. Actually, it would be cool to propose to MicroProfile. I know you're not interested, but this would be something which MicroProfile could pick, for instance. Um, okay. Yeah, they, they could. So I liked what it did, how it looks like, and uh, seems to be really lean and uh, yeah, and well maintained. Yeah, we use it, so we need to maintain it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Where people can find you on the internet? So, of course, you pick slash you ship if someone would like to commit some patches or make it even lighter. I hope yeah. they should create pull requests. And what's your Twitter or whatever you? Uh, we have UPIC and uh, Armani Buko for me. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thank you.